If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I've, I've thought about it a little bit, and there's no question it's going to affect things. It's going to be it's going to make the game day experience not as lavish, not as um, grand, and you know that the game day feeling is a special feeling. It's what you you know that you work every day, week after week, month after month to get to that game to showcase what you can in front of all these you know 80, 70,000 fans in person, millions of fans on the on the TV. So, but at the end of the day, it doesn't change our job. We still have to come in and win, whether it's home game, road game, fans, 20%, no fans. Um, obviously, it stinks for a lot of the fans, uh, you know, in Jacksonville and across the country who love this game and love to see it in person. But it's the world we live in right now. James O'Shaughnessy, Jaguars tight end. Who's making me guess which one it is all the time? I'm like Tyler Eifert, James O'Shaughnessy. I listened to both talk today, so I Frank remember. Yeah, not Frank uh, in this instance. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos, one hour to go here on a Tuesday. Uh, NBA ratings decline coming up. Major League Baseball, should you be able to swing on a 3-0 pitch up 10-2? to Unwritten rules of Major League Baseball? <laughs> Some oh, say no. Conversation. Uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, we do have... Uh, some football talk right now as well. But before we get to that, you okay over there? Are the YouTubers getting to you? Uh, we, we got some interaction. You using lowercase k's in response? Oh, you know me, dude. I'm a big lowercase k user. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I got to say about it. So what's happening over there? Oh, no. We, 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 Georgia, we, Florida talk? Yeah, we got some comments. They, mis- they misinterpreted. And they thought they said that you said one was home and away. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. They, you were basically saying that the Jaguars, it's the Jags' it's home. It's their home. And they, you're a guest. They're guests yeah. at, at the Jaguars' home. But really, so it's the city's home. It's not the Jaguars' home. The Jaguars play there, Brent. Yes. It's the Jaguars' home. Okay? It's home field advantage. And listen, I, I didn't necessarily agree with you on that either because yeah. they've been playing this game for a long, long time, and it means a lot to the city and everything else. And, and I'm for it here, and it should be here, and you're trying to protect it being here. So you got to treat it like it's their home for a weekend. I have no problem with that. In fact, I think the Jaguars have been very good at that. Okay. Uh, well, but, then, well, then you know what, then? I'm giving you a lowercase k, too. <laughs> so there you go. So, so now, so now you, you get a k as well. All I'm saying is that when the Jaguars play, well, now it's going to be eight games this season, usually six games, hopefully in the future, depending on the London games. The Jaguars play eight home games, all right, at TIAA Bank Field. Florida, Georgia plays one game a year there. So I get it. It's the city stadium, and I get it. You open your doors to Florida, Georgia, but it's still the Jaguars' home. When you walk in the, in that stadium, they got Jaguars logos everywhere. I don't see Florida, Georgia on the wall. I, I don't go in the locker room and see Florida, Georgia on the wall. I see Jacksonville Jaguars. So to me, once again, and I'll reiterate myself all day until the cows come home, it's the Jaguars home. K. <laughs> the other part, um, was it YouTube? Uh, this what, is great. What, 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 what do you want me to say right now, man? No, this like, is. I mean, you ahead. started the YouTube conversation with there's somebody on YouTube saying that we only care about our Twitter uh, viewers. <laughs> 
Right? Yeah. Because yeah. Of, they had a yawn topic. Well, let's go which is comments, crazy man. because we actually have this topic in this hour. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Which is coming up right now. Uh, yeah, Clowney's still, like is Clowney still a free agent? I don't know. Is he? Uh, we could trade Yannick Ngakwe for a defensive tackle and some draft capital. Yes, we could. Um, and then we got Austin and Brent only care about their Twitter ratings. Is that the third, same person? Uh, mostly, yeah. Yeah. And then um, it was the so whole So they just game. want to be acknowledged. Yeah, and then it's the whole game and being played in Jacksonville and who's People home just want to be heard. Listen, yeah. well, you we know see. what? You know what? If I was to walk in Brent Martineau's house and I was to walk in that, and you know, Magnificent house. He's got fireplaces in the backyard. Got a brand new big screen TV. That's all we know about it. And, that, and, and I saw that new truck. That truck's looking good. That GMC <laughs> down there. I like that truck. But anyways, what am I gonna see when I walk in your house? I'm sure I'll le- I should at least see one picture of you and your family, right? E- H- hanging up, or at least yeah. like to the side. You know why? Because it's your house. All right. I, if if I walk in the Jacksonville locker room, what am I gonna see? Am I gonna see Florida Georgia weekend, world's largest cocktail party, home of the world's largest cocktail party, or am I gonna see Jaguar stuff? Brent, uh, it depends which what, side of the stadium Brent, you walk in. Brent, what am I gonna see? <laughs> what am I gonna see when I walk in, Brent? Don't make this harder than it has to be. Yeah, you will see Jag stuff. So then, Brent, whose whose home is it again? The city of Jacksonville. Who, but whose home is it again, though? <laughs> who's, whose pictures are hanging up on the wall right now? Yes, but I would rent my house through Airbnb. Oh, okay. So now we're going to Airbnb for for for, uh, for thirty million for a week yep. and not call it mine. <laughs> you know what was you know what was weird is uh, you made me think about this the weekend when we went to Charleston. The the person that was in the uh, the Airbnb must have like either owned Bumble or like worked for yeah, Bumble. Yeah, you said I saw that. Or was that. like a big fan of Bumble. He had like napkins, hats, everything. Obsessed, no, baby. Now Bumble's I like a da- the dating them. app. Yeah, like Tinder right? well, dating app. Yeah. Oh, don't. It's not like Tinder. I mean, it's it's a little more classier Tinder because you know Tinder is like that's the craziness, man. That, <laughs> that's like Thunderdome. But like, I mean, I wouldn't Bumble know. Bumble was like, hey, I just graduated college. I have a good resume. You want to meet up and talk some stock options? That's what Bumble is. <laughs> how, how do I know this and you don't? Because I was never on any of them. Okay. Well, neither was I, but I've, I've heard things. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've heard things. Hey, hey, I've heard things. That's, that's all I'm that saying. That's a heck of a description for a guy who just heard things. Hey, I have friends. <laughs> I have single friends. We talk every once in a while. Uh, should Jan be traded? <laughs> For Man, a defensive so, tackle. All right. So let's look at this from the Jaguars' perspective right now. You're decimated by injury, man. All right? Your your players, it's like Charlie's Chocolate Factory. It's like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and the kids are falling in the chocolate, and you're losing everybody. Dropping like flies right now. you got to bring in some more people in. The problem is, though, is that, listen, Gunter, I've said, was your biggest get of the season. I said he's the most important piece of that defensive line. He's gone right now. You just lost Lynch. I mean, once again, how good Lynch was going to be, who who knows, but he's another body that you needed. He has experience. To me, if you want to have a successful season, or at least a mediocre season, you have to revamp your defensive line a little bit. And a way to do that is obviously trading your piece in Yannick Ngakwe. Because at the end of the day, Yannick Ngakwe probably is not going to be here in the next couple of years. Okay, number one. And number two... You drafted Chase on to essentially replace Yannick Ngakwe. Now, whether it's going to happen, whether Chase on lives up to the hype, time will tell. But he was brought in because Yannick Ngakwe was on his way out. So you have that going for you right now. 
I understand from the standpoint of if you were to trade Yannick Ngakwe right now in this environment, you probably wouldn't get a great value from him because teams know how desperate you are. But once again, if you're Shad Khan, if you're Dave Callaway, now you have to ask the question, what are our goals this season? And if our goals are to be competitive in a division, if our goals are to try to you know, accumulate some wins, let's just say, well, then we need all the help that we can get. And that help starts from getting a bona fide three technique. So I would at least consider it. Yeah, I, I I don't like this play. By the way, I'm just I've I've heard it out there a yeah. little bit. We've had discussions uh, even off the radio, and I don't like the play. I really don't. Uh, I think right now, I feel at least a little inkling of hope in the Yan talks that he. Well, first of all, I think he's coming into play. But yeah. even that you could maybe salvage something here. I think there's a little crack in the door of something that didn't look like it was ever going to happen. And again, it might be wishful thinking. I understand that. But I think there's a little bit of that. And and to to couple that, that, that might be the secondary part of this. The main part of this is what you said. You're not going to get the value. Mm-hmm. And you've stood in the st- sand on the value. Mm-hmm. You've basically said, we want this in return or we ain't doing it. And so now all of a sudden, because guy gets a couple guys get hurt, retire, all that stuff, which I know is a lot. But you're like, okay, we need to go get this player. I think it's a dangerous move. It's a very reactionary move. Um, If you were the Indianapolis Colts, if you were the Tampa Bay Bucks, Mm. and you were in this situation, might be more willing to make that move. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars whose ceiling most likely is to be an eight-win team as a ceiling. You most likely are somewhere between a a four and eight-win team. You're already a pretty average defense anyway. If you're a little below that, like I said the other day, is it really that big a deal? Uh, I I just don't – you're not looking for Band-Aids and plugging holes in 2020 on the Jags. That's just the way it is. And so I would – I'd rather keep the door cracked open a little bit that mm. Jan is not only here this year, but also potentially there down the road. And if not, I'd rather meet that trade deadline time where people might be more willing to give me more for Jan than go rush out and try to fix a, a spot that now has become weakened. But you just said it, though, Brent, right? Like right now, you know, the Jaguars, they're, they're not in that obviously making a playoff kind of range, or at least we don't think so. They're in more of that four-win to eight-win range. Well, if that's the case right now, let's be honest. Compared to their defensive line last year, I think we both agree that it's a lot worse right now than it looks on paper, right? I mean, I think last year's defensive line is a lot better than oh, yeah. what they have this year, right? Yeah, no doubt. With so, Marcel Darius and Clay Campbell yeah. alone. So right now you're nervous, right? So my question, too, is how can you justify it then if you're Dave Caldwell right now and you see who you have on paper and what you have at your disposal and you saw what happened last year? You saw how atrocious that run game or, you know, that, that run stopping game was last year on the defensive line. And now you see it this year. How do you justify it if you're Dave Call to say, you know what? Let's just roll with who we got right now and let's hope it works. And if we win two or three games, hopefully my job is safe. It's hard to justify that. Because at the end of the day, and I understand, you've, you've moved Miles Jack to weak side linebacker. That's a plus. I, I get that. You bring in Joe Showbert so people can get lined up properly. That's a plus. I understand that. But if you don't have the defensive linemen to keep, you know, the the, the the pulling guards, the tackles off your linebackers, I don't care if you have Ray Lewis and Ray Nitschke in their primes back there. They're not going to be able to stop the run. It's, just, it's, just, it's not feasible. Okay? So with that being said, 
if you're Dave Caldwell, how can you justify right now saying, you know what, I like who we got going forward, let's see what happens? Well, I think because you promote opportunity, and I, I don't think they have promised. You always want to – you have a responsibility when you're building a team and you're a coach to give your team the best chance to win sure. as much as you can. But I do not think they've brought any veterans in here or anybody else and promised them, hey, we're going for – the, the gusto this year you know that has not been promised and the underlying theme has certainly not echoed that sure. nobody's gone and said we're tanking or we don't think we're going to win any games but they've certainly not said hey we feel like we're a 12 win team and let's go try to win the uh the super bowl so i don't think they owe that i think they could instead promote opportunity and by the way these are huge years for the future in jacksonville for dewan smoot and Taven bryant mm-hmm. and so if i'm them i'm like here you go guys you have an opportunity to showcase what you got. And by the end of the year, we're going to know. Yeah. Well, maybe we give you a nice little contract and reward you, Dewan Smoot. Maybe now is the time to start talking about Taven Bryan because he flashes something like, wow, uh, the, the light bulb has gone off and this guy's going to be a player. And then the other side of it, yes, there's a lack of depth. Uh, you really don't know what you have back there. I, I'm not trying to dismiss there are holes. But I just don't know if I dangle Yannick Ngakwe out there in this entire situation um, when uh, uh, you're not going to get a lot in return for him or as much. I think you're in a, a disadvantage uh, type of situation to wheel and deal Yannick Ngakwe right now. And, and much like they said no, most likely, on some calls when people were trying to steal Ngakwe because of his unhappiness, mm-hmm. now they're going to try to steal a guy like Ngakwe on their desperation. And so I I just wouldn't play into that if I was the Jags. How much of this, though, right now? So let's assume that the Jaguars defensive line, who they have right now is who they have, okay? And let's assume right now that the defensive line, maybe they they produce a bottom third, maybe bottom fourth of the NFL in terms of, you know, rush defense and just productivity. That's, I think, a pretty safe generalization. Let's assume that. Is that going to be used as an excuse then? If you don't win a lot of games, just kind of like we can think, well, you know, you know, we, we had plans, but COVID-19, you know, we're a really young team. Yeah. That's an excuse. Are you allowed to use the defensive line situation? Let's be honest. It's it's a what's occurred, Brett, the past three or four days. It's been insane. Oh, yeah. OK. I mean, the, you, your defensive line is essentially turned over. Yeah. So a it's lot of bad luck. a lot. I mean, yeah. a, lot, a lot of bad From a luck. constructing of the team standpoint. Exactly. And not every team necessarily is going through what the Jaguars are going through right now. I understand that. But it comes down to the question, how much of an excuse is this going to be when we're trying to evaluate this season and obviously coaches and GMs are trying to fight for their jobs? Yeah, it's a great question and only Shad Khan knows that. I mean, he's been very tough to read in these kind of situations. A lot of people thought uh, both these guys would be gone at the end of last year. So I don't know how much uh, really across the NFL. It's a great question across the NFL. I don't know how much COVID-19 and some of the opt-outs and then anything else that happens are going to be considered for job security uh, moving on. Uh, I, I thought about that the other day, and we've asked this question about some, like Doug Moreau and others, will it be used as whether it's an excuse or kind of a bonus year because everybody's been put in a tough spot? I, I don't know if that's going to be the case all across the league. Uh, I'm sure there will be discussions amongst ownership on how much that should be used. I also think if guys handle it poorly in terms of the organization of it, forget about the on the field, but the organization, the serious nature, uh, the the buy-in from the players, I think that would be a very fireable type of thing if I was an owner. If they can't handle it, yet 18 other coaches or 24 other coaches were able to handle it fine, my guy wasn't. 
So there's a lot going on in terms of that. I don't think the Jacks have put themselves in this position because of moves, salary, lack of success, whatever you want to say. So, yes, it's another stroke of bad luck. You can't put it all on them. But they've kind of made their bed here. It's part of the resume. So uh, I think it will be used in totality. What I can't answer definitively is what shot will take into account and not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see how they do first, because much like you say that will be used as an excuse, it may be used as a resume builder if they find a diamond in the rough that they brought in or they stuck with the smoots and the brave, uh, the uh, Taven Bryans of the world sure. and they perform. Yeah. So you can spin it that way, too, that it could be a bonus thing for Todd Wash coached him up. Uh, Dave Caldwell drafted him, stuck with him. Yeah. You know? Could be. Listen, yeah, I mean, essentially what you have here, it's the island of the misfit toys right now, right? And if you make those misfit toys play to a pretty high level and they have success, and keep in mind, you still have Josh Allen, you got Chase on, we'll see the Anakin Gakwe, so you still have some pieces on that defensive line. Obviously, it comes down to the interior. But like I said, if you can make those island of the misfit toys play to a very high level, then yes, maybe you've earned um, you know, some, I guess, like a longer leash. Maybe you've earned the right to go, you know what? We didn't have a lot this year, but look what we did with it. Absolutely. Then I think you've earned the right to maintain your job. I agree with you there. All right. I have a big question along the defensive line for you. Okay. Go back, get in football shape, eat, drink some shakes, yeah. eat a little bit more. I already drink a lot of shakes as it is, Brent. And get out of the cage. Yeah. And go play some football. Has it been talked about or thought about? From who? Me? Yeah. No. I'm, two, I mean, I'm 240 pounds. Opportunity presents itself here. Well, well listen, I, and I, I saw Cinderic Marks on Twitter say he's a lot out of shape right now, so he's out. I think Ryan Davis is still out there. Listen, man, I mean, if, if they need a body, if they need a guy to stop the run, I'll see what I can do. But as far as, like, expecting me to come in and contribute, I'm all set, Brent. I'm happy in the cage right now. Well, what's the negative side of that, like, from uh... – like, say you, you gain 30 pounds, you try out, you don't make the team, well, but now all, you're a heavier heavyweight in the cage. Well, then the cardio goes to, to I almost said a bad word, but the, 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 the cardio goes to crap, let's just say. Yeah. 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 So uh, I get I, it. Yeah. No, let's be honest. If I go out there today, I mean, I, I could probably, yeah, I can run around a little bit. I can do some team periods. I might get pushed around a little bit. But I mean, what is, what do you think Josh Allen's weighing right now? He looks a little lean. We yeah, saw that. Yeah. Uh, what's he know? I, I would say he's around two six fifty. Oh. What, what is was he normally two sixty? I thought he was like two seventy when he came in, wasn't he? Is he really that I much? I think he was that much. Yeah, let's look him up. Um, Gosh, he does not look like that to me. What do you think uh, Yannick Ngakwe weighs? What, what do you weigh last year? Oh, well, I think Ngakwe is listed around like two forty five or something, but he does not. He's no say way no he's than. listed two forty five. He's right. he's listed. He's got to be like. When he's playing, he might have got all the way down to like 225, 230. I mean, he looked. Yeah. Talk about lean. Josh Allen was 262 last year. 262. It's he ridiculous. is not. I mean, he's got to be 250 then. It's ridiculous. He had to lose 10, 12. He didn't tell us that, but he had yeah. to lose 10 or 12 pounds. 6'5", 262. So got to the height, though. Don't worry about it, Josh. And, of course, he is taller than Jan. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. So... But, man, he doesn't, well, he wears 250 or 260 really yeah. well. Be honest, uh, is this about me playing football? Is it about you being my agent and trying to work a deal? A little bit of both. A little bit of both, yeah. yeah. Here comes that selfishness again. Um, but what the heck? I mean, how much would you have to put on? 
to play that big end position. I said this is going to be like a show segment where I join the Jaguars and like have to yeah. go on the show during the day yeah. and talk about my day every single day. Yes, that'd be great. Um, how Insider. To, how much do I have to put on? Um, ideally, COVID nineteen testing daily. Listen, I'd probably have to put on, put on about uh, fifteen pounds. That's I'd be it? happy with. So you could get to 260 Maybe and play the big end spot? Oh no, I, I'd play. I'd play Leo. I'd I'd give my run at the Leo. But they don't need those guys. Well, I don't need to be playing big defensive end. I don't want to do that. I'm gonna be a Leo. See, that's, the edge. isn't that that's the fascinating part of what's going on with the Jags right now? You say they're, we say, yeah, they're thin on the defensive line. Look at the attrition that just happened in the last 36, 48 hours. Yeah, and you're like, wow, does this give Yan? So, like a, so an edge to get back in there, and or do they, are the Jags desperate calling mm-hmm. Yana? Be like, well, they're really not. They're not because the the attrition hasn't impacted that side, yeah. that skill set. They still have Josh Allen. They have Caleb on Chase on. I mean, the Aaron Lynch thing from a depth standpoint over there. Eh, well, no, I mean, listen, he was a minimum guy. You, mm-hmm. You're spinning the tires on that. So I don't think they, they have lost Lorente McCray, who also has the ability to do that. Listen, I think they want Jan in there. I'm just saying I don't think they've, they're desperate to get Jan in there. That's why we asked the question, are they more desperate to trade Jan to get a guy on the other side? That's yeah, bigger. Yeah. No, I, oh, so if that's the case, then you want me to go play that position, Brent, I'm going to need at least 40 pounds to do 40 that. Pounds, 40 pounds. That's a pounds. lot to ask by September 15th. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's a lot of <laughs> snacks in that cafeteria. Not sure there's all the right snacks. I, I get on that creatine, get some water weight going here, but 40 pounds worth of water weight? Yeah, do you want me to be bloated? So I'll be like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Man, then you got to go against Jawan Taylor. Yeah, dude. That guy's bit. nasty. That's guy's, guy's no part of it. I don't want no part of it. Barch has got an attitude, but he's playing guard, like, obviously. Like, you you have no, you don't even have, like, an inkling of, man, that would be cool to do if I no. could do it. No, you know what? You'd uh, rather go listen, punch people and kick people yeah, in the cage. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. But I've said on the show before, though, the only time since I retired from Chicago, this was back in 2014 up until now, the only time where I actually had a little itch to be like, dang, man, I kind of miss this now, was that Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans. And, like, we were on the field a little bit, you know, pregame. Yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson was out there. And I'm just, I'm watching them, you know, I'm watching them going through warm-ups and everything. It's Tennessee Titans, big divisional rival. And, like, just, I don't know if it was, like, the right temperature, if it was the smell in the air, but, like, I, I got those goosebumps, man. I'm like, yeah. dang, do I miss this? Only time, though, ever. So. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. By the way, speaking of the cage, you got a fight coming up, uh, labor, uh, I'm sorry, right before the Jags yep. opener. So, September I mean, 12th. you got to be ready either September 12th or 13th either way. <laughs> do I try to pull double duty? <laughs> It's fighting the cage, I see I and do. then could drive back down yeah. from Charleston and well, be ready hey. for opening kickoff. Hey, man, let me go ahead we'll and push hit, on special teams. Let me go ahead and hit up Milo right now, man. Uh, send me a little <laughs> workout regimen, and we'll go from there. And I'll the be drive's uh, not back bad. Two shape. podcasts in your home, you know? <laughs> By the way, there that would be a double that nobody's ever done. Never, man. That would be a first. Maybe Peter King will call you again. Yeah, never know. <laughs> and maybe you'll pay me this time. Maybe Sarah Walsh will. Yeah, have you on? <laughs> no, because I'm sure Drew Brees is going to upend me once again. I'm sure he's got some kind of charity going on. Shout out to Drew Brees. Uh, He'll go fight uh, Jake Paul in a, in a cage. <laughs> hey, you know, I saw, an e, I think it was an E60 thing or it was a, it was a sports center story the other night. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, they had like a throw in the towel. Uh, like story they did. No, I didn't. Fascinating. Go look it up. Okay, really cool. Like talking about like the, the corner man, about corner man, and yeah, when to throw man. in the towel, when not to. It was really good. Really it's good. A, it's a, it's a rough job to have. Yeah, I know? think you'd like it though. Go yeah, check I'll that out. Check that one out. Uh, I think you. y'all would like it. It's it's really an interesting story uh, in the sport of boxing and in MMA. Uh, okay, real quick uh, on the baseball side. Did you see this? 
I did. The whole Fernando Tatis. Oh, yeah. Who's an awesome player to watch. Fun yep. stuff uh, with Fernando Tatis. But he hits a 3-0 pitch in a 10-2 <laughs> game, and he hits a grand slam. Yeah. And guys these days, by the way, 3-0 pitch is a green light all the time. It used to be like a take yep. uh, all the time. Like, you'd never swing at 3-0. And now you do all, a lot. Uh, and his own manager, well, then they threw behind, I think Machado was up next. And so they took exception, the Rangers did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of unwritten rules. I love the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, I sure. learned way back in, like, I think it was like middle school or maybe it was like I was young in high school and we were up like eight to one or something. I bunted a lot back then. Uh, shout out to all you guys that love bunting. Um, and I laid down. A, shout out to all the softball players yeah. out there. They're slap bunts. And I, I, I laid down a bunt yeah. like eight to one. Okay. Just because that was kind of what I did. The guy was sure. playing it back, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Like, And I just didn't know any better. Boost that average, Brent. Well, and nobody, nothing happened, by the way. Um, but when I got back in, yeah, I don't even know if I was safe or not. But when I got back in, my, I remember my coach saying, hey, man, you don't do that up 8-1. to one. You know, you don't, not at the score at, at yeah. this time. Um, huh. And so that's when I started to learn that stuff. Like, yeah. I, I just didn't know. Nobody told me. And, um so there's unwritten rules like that. Uh, you know, game polices itself sometimes. Yep. But 10 to 2, it's not like it was 18 to 1 and you're you've got a position player pitch all that stuff. Like it feels different. See, 10 to 2, 3-0 pitch. I I mean, I get a little bit of it. What but inning it was didn't this bother point? me? What inning was this? It was this? late in the game. Okay, yeah, it was yeah. later in the game. Okay. Uh, but it just didn't bother me. To the point of bother. And by the way, the Padres coach who used to uh, be on the Rangers staff is the one that said, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. Yeah, I know. I saw that. So it's interesting that the manager didn't have Tatis' back. No. We'll see where that lands him. Yeah. But learning experience, does he have a point or is he? are we like, come on, man. 3-0 pitch. Go yeah. swing if you got to swing. It's like a 2-0 pitch now. Yeah. Well, well, and listen, yes, your team is up a lot. I understand that. Yes, there are unwritten rules of baseball, and I understand that as well. But let's be honest here. If you're worried about a home run getting hit or if you're upset because someone hit a home run off you, a grand slam, then throw a better pitch first of all. Okay, simple as that. Don't throw it right down the plate because he could hit it. You know, so, like, that's what bothers me more than anything. It's like you're asking players not to compete anymore. Like, if, if you don't want that guy to swing on the ball, if you want that guy to take the strike or whatever, then just forfeit the game because that's where we're at right now. So just forfeit the game and be like, you know what? The, the, this, guy's trying to, he, this guy's trying too hard right now. He's trying to hit a home run. <laughs> These guys are giving way too much effort. Call the game then. That's it. That's essentially what you sound like if you have a problem with this. I have zero problem with this, Brent. I understand, once again, the unwritten rules of baseball, but I would rather have guys play their hearts out and overexert themselves than say, well, you know what? We're by 10 runs now, so let's make the other team feel good. We always talk about, you know, the, 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 the next generation and here's your first play, you know, here's your uh, team participation trophies and other things like your ribbons like that. Same thing here. All right, you're playing to win the game. So throw better strikes, throw better baseballs, or get a new pitcher in there and don't <laughs> let it happen. Simple as that. Yeah, it, it was uh, 6, 7, 10. It was 10 to 3 at that time. I can't, I mean, I just, this wasn't, this, I don't know, maybe because we play so much in like the, the travel ball world and, and Little League world yeah, and all yeah. that stuff, and you're like, 10 to 3, that yeah. ain't enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never know what can happen. Yeah. And I just, I I was not bothered by this, and I can be bothered by these things. And I love the way the game polices itself. I'm a big believer in it. I like it. I don't mind guys getting beaned by it uh, because of it. I really don't. Uh, I, I do not mind that part of baseball. This one, 
I didn't get. And and by the way, three zero is two zero now in baseball. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm not swinging, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is swinging because he's got the ability to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of tweeted out this morning too. Uh, I say, I've always told my kids. Uh, because I love baseball, and I try to get them to love baseball if they're going to play it. And softball in this instance for Kaylee. Sure. Play the game the right way. Play the game the right way. I've been saying it since four or five years old. We always go back to it. Play the game the right way. I don't think he was playing the game the wrong way. That's my point. Like, he's getting punished kind of publicly in, in, by his own manager yeah. for essentially playing the game the wrong way. I don't think he is because you say when you play the game the right way, be there every pitch, every pitch, every pitch. Yeah. He, he was playing every pitch. Yeah. So I, I just hey, I really didn't have a less. problem with it. Just try less next time, you know. Just try less and 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 do it for the game of baseball. Just try less if you're up by seven or eight runs. I, Come on, man. I, I really think what the big about? thing here is if it was fifteen to one, sixteen to two, something like that. I think this point would be more of a point. Ten what? to three in a game is not that. I know it's still a big lead in the Major yeah. League Base. It's different. It's, it's still a big lead. But it's not that. It, it doesn't bring that into play for me. I think you're still playing the game. Heck, at 10-3, to 3, would you be stealing bases? Probably not. Probably not. You, yeah. But you're also not stopping a runner from scoring and going home if you get a runner on second. You're not holding them up. But, it's 17-1, to 1, you might. Yeah. See, like my question to you, though, Brent, like, obviously, if it's like Little League, right, and a team's up by 20, well, then either you call the game or they ease up. I get that because you know why? It's kids. It's toddlers. These are grown men we're talking about here. Like, who are we trying to save from? Like, who, who, who are we trying to do a favor here? Do you mean to tell me if they score an extra six runs, five runs when they're getting blown out, those guys are going to be a little extra sad and have their feelings hurt? What are we talking about here? <laughs> Honestly, man. Well, you're talking about a lot of uh, uh, pride and sure. ego and and the rules of the game. What We all struggle. And believe me, I'm a big believer. I'm a big uh problem in all this yeah. i have a problem sh- in this shift sometimes this change the game is changing it has changed in some respects i'm but some people want to go robotic umps and when they say when i watch the ump sometimes i'm like i know I, I get what they're saying i mean how can you not want to get it right yeah and i am like i will turn off baseball i i'm big time against robotic umps i don't even like all the usage of replay i really don't i'm still coming along on that uh, I do think that some bits of small ball are still possible, prevalent, and okay, even though the home run guys say, no, they're not. You can't do it at any time, and, and they don't admit that they say that, but they kind of do say that. It's all or nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all – I think we're all having – but even guys that play the game, even at 28 years old or whatever, I think still have an issue with it. Yeah. Still have – this isn't the way it used to be done. And sometimes it's like, hey, man, this is a new wave. Backflips are okay now. A 2-0 pitch is a 3-0 pitch. It's the same. Yeah. There's no difference. Go out and win the game is all I'm going to say, man. Max Effort win the game. Enough said. Play the game the right way. Every pitch matters. I think Tatis is doing that. Yeah. Uh, and I really like to watch him play. I wish the manager had his back a little bit more, too. He didn't throw him under the bus, but I wish he had his back a little bit more. Hey, when we come back, the NBA ratings decline. Why is it? Interesting thought on this next on ESPN 690. Martino. Uh, then I said, still looking for his fourth career sack. Austin Lake. I'm spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody. And they surprise you. <laughs> I sit here before you right now, and I am surprised. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
But I think one of the, you know, the real consequences of this is, you know, if you're a junior or senior and you have an NFL grade, um, are you going to play in the spring? Um, or is that going to become sort of a JV season with a lot of these juniors and seniors opting out uh, and not playing their senior year, which, you know, is, is sort of something that they'll probably miss for a long time. That is Nick Saban, uh, the ramifications of uh, potentially college football or no college football. By the way, uh, several universities, I just saw Michigan State, uh, North Carolina yesterday. I think I saw Notre Dame as well, uh, going from uh, traditional classes to online classes in the first couple of weeks of school. I mean, so the movement is already happening in that sense where they, they're, they're reversing course yeah. and going to a lot of uh, virtual study. Well, did you see North Carolina? You mentioned well, North, North Carolina, Carolina yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a big one yesterday. <laughs> and so uh, it's going to be part of this. And I think it's going to be a heavy part of it in high schools as well. And yeah. what is the trickle down for sports? Uh, we don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know. Can you can you play sports in high school? Can you play sports even in college if kids are not on campus? Can you do that? Can you allow that? Notre Dame might have to now answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be something to watch over the next uh, couple of months, no doubt, how they handle it. It's the next phase of this. Can they be organized? Can they have plans and solutions on what could happen? Because we know what could happen. We all know what could happen. Yeah. Could they have outs? in there to help them out along the way and they don't look befuddled, confused and unorganized in trying to have a solution, uh, which it really appears like college football has been in uh, at times uh, this uh, this summer so far. Did you see this story? I tweeted out and have you ever heard of this? You played in the NFL. Okay. I haven't seen this. This is like, you know the bet you make in the Super Bowl? You know the prop bet where you bet there's going to be a safety? Sure. And you win. It's like plus like $5,000 or something. Spoken like a true degenerate. I had no idea that's what it was, but okay. Oh, yeah. My buddy bets on those. Heads and tails. Um, oh, safety oh, in the yeah. game. Yeah. And it's like, so the safety in the game is like plus whatever. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Will there be a safety? Yes or no? Simple as that. That's yeah. one of the prop bets. And I feel like the Dallas Cowboys bet there would be a safety in the Super Bowl and won. And how what? do I say this? And I, and I hate to like... You know, just make a light. I'm not making a light of the specific injury, but yeah. the situation is unbelievable. Adam Schefter say, says Gerald McCoy has an injury waiver on his quad in his contract. If he hurts the quad, which he did, yeah, the Cowboys can cut him. So they did. He gets to keep his $3 million bonus, but the Cowboys appear not to owe him any more money. And so he signed like a three-year, $18 million deal. So he can go on IR and get like a quarter of that or half of that money. He's gone. He's been waived. What the? Dang. By the way, I thought it was an ACL, but I guess it turned out to be a quad yeah. for, for Gerald McCoy. And Dang. I have never heard of that. I haven't heard of that either. I mean, but doesn't it sound like they, what did you pick a body part and sign a waiver on it? Well, I or mean, put a, put a waiver on it. See, this is what it comes down to those physicals I was talking about, where every team has its own physical policy. Maybe they found something out with his quad where he has a history of, with a quad injury. It's like, hey, if you hurt your quad, but who has, who has quad insurance? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, who, what is that? Like, I can see something like, you know, if you had like a knee, an ACL, right? Where the ACL gets torn again, obviously, you don't get compensated. But a quad, man, one of the biggest muscles I feel like in the body, and you got you got a little insurance on that, Brent. I don't want to say anything for for Joe McCoy, man. That he's a great guy. 
obviously we showed the combine together. Call me Big Avatar. Didn't appreciate that, but it is what it is. Gerald McCoy, the fix might be in, my friend. Might want to look into that a little more with Jerry. That's all I'm saying. The Cowboys had quad insurance. It really is amazing. How do you have quad insurance in these times right now? With this environment, this landscape, quad insurance. <laughs> I, I'll uh, tell you what, man. Jerry, I've never heard of that. I've Jerry really Jones never. dots every single I and crosses every T, doesn't he? Well, you know, you said the other day, we were talking about Jan, maybe. Does he yeah. need to get an agent? Does not, I guess that's why you have agents. That's why you have agents <laughs> right there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, McCoy probably had an agent. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's just something they worked in. They're like, they're what? Like you said, I mean, that was the first thing that I thought of, too. Yeah. He has. Maybe it didn't check out great during these times. They weren't 100% sure. He was sure. He's like, don't worry about it. They're like, listen, just in case. Yeah. It's a good amount of money. And he agreed to it. Well, listen. And took the gamble on it. It's really more the gamble he might have took than than they took. But believe me, though, man. But he had $3 million, and he's already done for the year. I mean, I guess that's not bad. Well, yeah. You know, and Joe McCoy, I'm sure, is doing very well for himself. He's been in the league for a while. Since 2010, I was drafted. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm doing radio. But anyways, with Joe McCoy. Doing very well, too. Thank you very much, man. But uh, with Joe McCoy's case, listen. Maybe you should get a quad wave. (laughs) (laughs) ESPN 690. But I'm going to be honest, though, man. If I'm Gerald McCoy and I knew I had that quad, uh, they had quad insurance on me, you know what I'm doing? Like, honestly, I'm hobbling off and get carted off and everything. There's that time where I'm like, well, I take a shower real quick. You know, like, yeah, we can check it all out. Let me take a shower real quick. And I'm pulling a Gardner Minshew. I'm finding the nearest hammer and the nearest Jack Daniels. And I'm beating the crap out of my tibia and fibia until something breaks. And I can go back to him and be like, oh. Well, it's my quad, but also it's my tibia and fibia. Shin condition. Yeah. So I'm. G- <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Do you have tibia insurance? No. Well, then cough it up. Let's go. Put me on IR. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, that is wild, though. I, I really what a what a weird thing. I've never seen that. And uh, also, again, there was there was a lot of thought yesterday during our show. I think when that news was spreading around. And last night that it was an ACL, but it turned out to be a quad for uh, Gerald McCoy. So uh, that is that. Uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Tuesday. Uh, a few more minutes to go. Want to talk NBA ratings decline in a moment, but also uh, Saqib's on the line. So let's bring him in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Hey, Austin. I looked it up uh, a few minutes ago. He also made $119 million, so I kind of don't feel sorry for him, too. <laughs> you know um, what? Yeah, at the end of the day, man. Put that hammer back and just take that L, man, and take your $3 million, and you're going to be okay. And he just banked another $3 million and doesn't have to take a swap test anymore. Exactly. So, you know what? Congratulations to you, Joe McCoy, I guess we would say. Let me ask you guys this question. Okay, with Dion firing his agent, and I believe he has five days to hire a new one, or, or five, he has to wait five days to hire a new one. Correct. He's, and he's talking to Dave Caldwell. Like, can you explain to me, if you're going to talk to the general manager of the, of the Jaguars, why not just be like, you know what, let's just hash this out. I'm going to come back one year. Don't do ne- nothing for me next year. Just l- let me pay on $18 million. I don't understand. Like, why are you fighting your agent, like, two, two, three weeks before your, you know, the season starts? You know, this is kind of, you know, he just needs to report. That's my point. Keep. thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. I think he will sooner than later, too. I mean, that's been my feeling of it for a long time. But I think, you know, in essence – we don't know exactly what went on with Jan and the agent, but let's look at it from a broad view. What we said during the whole Tony Khan and Jan exchange, what I remember saying is, you lost the game. Yeah. You lost the bet. It was it was a good effort. You, you tried to get out of here. You tried to get more money, all this stuff, and, it's, and you're losing the game. Mm-hmm. And it might have taken Jan until this time to come to grips with or fully understand that, okay, 
I lost the game. Uh, I'm going to have to sign that thing most likely, and then we'll see where it goes from here. Now, that's just a broad look at it. I don't. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't know exactly why he parted ways with the agent, what he's feeling, what he's doing. Um, I do think this. I do think he's going to sign that, and I think he will. But even though he looks through, he has five days. He doesn't. He doesn't have to sign a guy in the ne- in the sixth day, but he has to wait at least five days, which might already be up. And I just don't – he might still have to be – he might be processing all the emotions of everything is my point. Mm-hmm. He's not going to just, hey, call Dave Caldwell up and they have a good conversation. Be like, okay, I'm coming in and signed it. I, I, I feel like with the conversations going on, there's probably a lean that way. But there's probably another step to get a foot in the building uh, to convince only almost himself – that, that nothing is going to happen in terms of getting out of Jacksonville and, and maybe reevaluating, if you really want to think positive on this, that, okay, I'm going to sign this thing. Maybe I may, maybe I like it here more than I think I do or, yeah. or whatever it is, whatever happens next. But he might be evaluating all those things that could happen next and waiting to get some advice from his new agent. Very true. You know, and we're talking about Yannick Ngakwe here. We don't know where his mind's at right now. All we have to go off of is kind of the last incident, right? And to me, the last incident was the Tony Connison, like you just mentioned. The Tony Khan incident, now, once again, was that out of character for Jan? Possibly. I mean, he still said it, right? And like I said, Tony Khan had a 10-8 round on that, but it is what it is. But with that being said, that was the Hail Mary, Brent, right? That was the last-ditch effort. That was, you know what? I've used up all my ammunition. I got one bullet left, and it's a big one, man. I got to fire this, and hopefully it pans out. And you know what? It backfired, didn't work out, you're still in Jacksonville, and obviously you kind of got criticized for calling out Tony Khan, and Tony Khan clapped back. There you go, Kuz, there's, there's your clap back for you. you. You like that word. Clapped, so, it's a, cool, clapped. not clap back. Clapped, no, man, I don't like Just that. It's a gamer thing. Eric Clapton, okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using oh, that tonight. Oh, Sidetrack, you were going off the rails. Gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. Oh, that's so good. Anyway, sorry, Brett. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Back at the desk at hand. You guys just sorry. had a moment. We just, oh, we we just got excited. Oh, man, we're so good. Okay. Anyway, so back to Jan, though. So that was the Hail Mary effort, right? And didn't work out. So it, it, it begs the it, – it asks the question, what do you want, Jan? Right? Because you've seen the market right now. It's not good for you. Once again, not your fault. Just the way it is. I wonder if he gets a new agent with that. He's going to be like, well, listen, man, you can have it pretty good here in Jacksonville. Okay? I mean, you're obviously already established. You're one of the leaders on this team. Do you want this or do you want to go to the unknown and maybe, I mean, once again, maybe not make as much money. And maybe it's not about the money, obviously, but I'm just saying maybe I make as much money and be miserable in someplace else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a. It's in. It's we don't know what's going on. You said they said. Listen, this is one of the great all-time teases I had today. NBA ratings decline, and we have like no time left in the show. <laughs> are you shocked, you. Kuz, Big basketball guy. Are you shocked that the ratings since 2012 have declined the way they have for the NBA? I I would say yes because I feel like everyone talks about it on social media, but I also think the NBA is the quickest. I I would say glance sport where you can look and just see. A highlight and kind of know a little bit about That's the game. That's an interesting Like thing. the Porzingis stuff. On social media, I feel like we see dunks, we see all these cool plays, and then you see the 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 score and you go, okay, I've seen that game. How about yeah. you? Well, keep in mind, there's got to be a West Coast bias too, a little bit, right? Because there's no West Coast primetime games yet. We're in the middle of the summer. People got stuff going on in the summer. Well, that was one of the points brought up in the article, that they're not yeah. used to watching it this time exactly. of year. Exactly, exactly. But Man, this has been a decline since 2012. It's not it just been. in the pandemic. It has been. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I know, and the worst part is... 
Well, that's not to compare it to because this is a different year, Brent. Right? Yeah. In this COVID year, it's different. So it's hard to compare it to anything. By the way, NHL up 57% since last year. See? Interesting. I mean, yeah. listen, it's a, a commissioner that's very good, a star-studded league. But we even said it's a bad sport to gamble on. Yeah. I wonder if that's even hurt. It's a good Talk point. a little bit more about it maybe tomorrow. we got to run. CBS 47, Fox 30 tonight for first and 10 training camp at 11.15. Coos, Eric Clapton shirts. Get on it. Let's go. Have fun on WAPE tonight with that, Coos. Thanks for listening to ESPN 690. <laughs> If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.